This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. You're listening to Launchpad on Business Radio. So I'm thrilled to welcome to the show my next guest. We have Wambi Rose. He's the co-founder and CEO of Love Pop. And what I love about his background is he was trained to design warships for the U.S. Navy, and now he's building a company, building pop-up greeting cards. Wambi, thanks for joining us. Ah, thank you so much for having me, Rob. Yeah, so, so what is the elevator pitch for Wambi? Or excuse me, not, well, we can get back to Wambi, but for Love Pop. <laughs> we'll start with Love Pop, then we'll get to the elevator pitch for Wambi. Absolutely. So Love Pop, uh, we're on a mission to create 1 billion magical moments. And we do that by designing, making, marketing the most beautiful 3D laser cut pop-up cards on the planet. Um, and we, we create those by combining kind of our expertise in 3D design and engineering, which comes from our shipbuilding uh, background with the ancient art of paper folding and cutting in Kirigami to make these beautiful works of art. So, so maybe just talk just a moment about where did this idea come from, going from building ships for the Navy to greeting cards? Absolutely. So uh, I, as you mentioned, I studied naval architecture and marine engineering. It was at a little school called Webb Institute on Long Island, where I met my co-founder, John Wise, and we learned how to design Everything from a sailboat uh, to a luxury yacht to a Navy ship or a container ship or even an offshore oil rig and worked in the industry for um, a few years. And uh, about four years after school, I met back up with John and we'd always wanted to start a business together. And we we ended up um, applying and getting into Harvard Business School. And in 2013, we started there with the idea we were going to start a business. Um, uh, we weren't sure exactly what that business was going to be, but six months in, we came across this style of art on a trip to Vietnam, and we were just blown away. We are like, oh, my God, this is amazing. We can make anything with this because when you design a ship, you take a 3D shape and you slice it into planes. And where those intersect, you draw lines. It's called a line, lines plan, and that's how you design this complicated shape that has to be both beautiful but also very functional. And when we came across this style – we were just immediately enamored with it. And I've always made presents for my family and friends for Christmas and birthdays and so forth. And so I'm kind of an amateur artist and it was just a really, really fun and cool project to get into. And then when we uh, started doing our market research, so so were you making these for your family to begin with pop-up greeting cards? So I've made, I mean, pretty much every card I've ever given has been one that I've made. Although I didn't really do a lot of pop-up cards until we came across this style um, while we were traveling in Vietnam. And we just, we just immediately recognized how you could do it um, because of the similarity to ship design. And so that's when we started looking into kind of the market a bit more. So how did you take it from we have this idea to going to market? Did you actually do some prototypes and... How do you actually make the cards and how have you acquired customers? Maybe just talk a bit about the, the business building piece of what you've been doing. Well, the very, the very first step was just 
figuring out, we thought it was a really, really cool idea, but was this something that had a broader place in the market? And so the two things we did was, one, we, we acquired some samples and we just started selling them. And we were hand selling them out of our backpacks to our family and friends. We were going around in, uh, you know, Boston public gardens, just asking people, what would you do with this? Um, and actually, one of those days was really kind of a pivotal moment for us because we handed a, a flower card to a lady named Kyle and we asked her, what would you do with this? And she said, oh, I know exactly what I would do with this. I would give it to my mom and I would give it to her today because it's the fifth anniversary of my dad passing away. And this is just going to mean so much to her. It's like a tree of life. It's so beautiful. And that moment was when we realized that it really wasn't about paper. It was all about the emotion and that there's this underlying basic human need to connect that's really powerful and strong and that this product has a way of, of doing that. And it has a way of doing that that's different from the way that a traditional card does it where kind of the company chooses a saying for you. And when you look at a love pop, it's really much more about the art and the expression, which I think is a really um, incredible way uh, to, to send a personal so, message. So what is... What is the user experience? How does somebody hear about you for the first time and then they come to your site or some other location? How do they actually buy and send one of your cards? Yeah, so uh, most of our business is actually done on lovepop.com. So about uh, 80% of our customers are coming to the website where they can choose from any one of our 500 plus designs. And then we'll either ship it directly to uh, the recipient with a personal message or photo printed inside, um, or uh, we'll ship it to the customer to then give it on in person or to send it through the mail. Most people hear about us, I mean, from so many different ways. We have, um, we also have a, a, a large retail footprint where we have about 11 of our own stores in Hudson Yards in New York. We just opened a new store We're in Disney Springs in Orlando. Uh, we're in a handful of places in Boston. Uh, and so uh, people hear about us by visiting one of our stores, which is a really cool experience. We're in about 2,000 um, independent bookstores and, and uh, gift shops. And so that's another place people hear about us. But one of the, the biggest ways that got us a break early on was in 2015, uh, we were lucky enough to get on Shark Tank where uh, Kevin O'Leary made an investment. And so uh, that airing, you know, brought Love Pop to, you know, seven and a half million people watching it on that Friday night. So if you're just tuning in, I'm Rob Cunnibeer, and you're listening to Launchpad on Sirius XM's Business Radio, Channel 132. I am here on the air right now with Wambi Rose, the co-founder and CEO of Love Pop. So going on Shark Tank must have been quite an experience. How did, how did you connect with that, and what was the taping like? Yeah, it, well, it was it was definitely an experience, and I have to say it was pretty much exactly what it looks like on TV. Um, <laughs> okay, we uh, you know we 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 walked in there and we were incredibly nervous, but also uh, we had prepared a lot, so we 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 got into it, and then you know all all of those nerves just kind of faded away as we started talking about the business. And what we're doing every day, because this is our passion, this is our life. Um, and, and in the end, we we're just really excited to get 
Kevin on, on, on team love pop and, um, you know, thrilled to have that opportunity because I really, where was the set? Where was the set? Um, in, uh, Culver city in Culver city. And so you flew out for it. Do you fly out the night before? Um, so, so we, 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 we flew out, um, a bit earlier and then, um, we were kind of practicing there for a bit before we finally got to film. So you did that, and what was the day of it like? What did they do to help you prepare? Do they give you any sort of prep, or do they just say, "Hey, just come in and pitch your business, wear something it's, good"? Yeah, it's um, it's one shot, it's one take, no second takes. It's just go in there, and the sharks have never heard of you before, and you just um, give them your pitch. Do they give you any advice on what to wear? Do they put on any? Do you have to put on any uh, makeup or anything like that because of the cameras? Uh, definitely, uh, definitely they get you camera ready. Yeah. That must be an interesting experience. Do they help calm your nerves too, before you go on? Um, that I, I, I'm not really sure they did. I think it was, I think it was really just kind of, um, you know, make it as authentic as possible. And, and how long after you did the taping did it go live was it live pretty quickly or was it some period of months where you couldn't talk about what happened uh well there was certainly there was certainly that um that period between um the taping and it going live but that was also a time when we were just getting ready um getting ready to to receive the customer demand well that's exciting very exciting and then i understand you have highland is an investor that's right how did you go about raising venture capital? Was that before or after Shark Tank? Yeah, we've we've raised a, a couple of rounds of venture capital, and um, we we raised our first angel round around the same time that we um, ended up pitching on Shark Tank, and so that was really our first experience. We had just um, graduated school, and we we joined a, a program called TechStars. And through that, we learned a lot from um, the group there just about how to pitch our business and how to get in touch with the right folks. And so, um, you know, we put together a presentation, put together our pitch deck, um, and started networking to try to find uh, people who might be interested in the story. And so I've now run that process a handful of times. And um, it's, I think it's really fun. I think it's, it's one of the most fun things that I get to do as a CEO is, uh, share our vision for our company and everything that we plan to do with, um, investors who are always excited to hear about new opportunities and, um, new ways to look at the world and, and kind of what a, a young company like ours can do. And what was the most recent round of financing? So we've just, uh, recently, uh, closed around, uh, actually within the past uh, month or so. So that was the most recent one. Okay. Sounds like something you can't talk about yet. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's always That's exciting. You know, well, it sounds like it's yeah. growing very, very rapidly. And how big is the team at this point? So we have a team um, in, in Boston of around uh, 50 people and around 500 worldwide. Wow. And when you look at those 500 people, how many, how are they broken out between say creative and business and various business functions? Yeah. Well, since we do everything from design 
all the way through the production, the marketing, the sales, um, you name it. We have a we have we have quite a variety in the team, and so um, a lot of it is is focused on the creation of the product and the design. We also have a very large team that does the actual production because every love pop. Uh, the pieces are all laser cut, but then they're assembled by hand. So every single product that we ship um, has a person who's actually handmade that product. That's pretty amazing. And when you look online and you look at some of the things like your pop culture cards that you have, you have the Beatles crossing Abbey Road and you have uh, an X-Wing Starfighter and some things like that. How many people do you have that work on licensing those types of things? Yeah, so it's actually um, it's actually our core design team that's also designing all of the license uh, design. So it's really exciting because that um, you know getting to work on Star Wars or getting to work on the Beatles or Game of Thrones, um, Disney. Uh, that was really cool that we just uh, got the Disney uh, license. It's it's just a really really fun thing for our designers to get to work on, and of course uh, for our customers to get to see and. There's going to be some exciting new license designs that I can't share yet. Oh yeah, no, I wanted to ask you if you have. I wanted to ask you if you have Baby Yoda yet, because having Baby Yoda seems like it could fit into a whole series of categories for you. I can't comment on the Baby Yoda, but um, I can tell you that it is uh, an exciting opportunity. So, what are your best sellers? What are the categories that you get a lot of traction in? And people are the most interested in. Um, so we, you know, we, we have a number of seasons that are really important for us and we're actually just going into our busiest season soon for Valentine's day and mother's day. So those are, those are two that are really strong for us. Um, holiday time and Christmas time is also a good season, but we, we have a couple of, of less intuitive seasons too. Springtime in general is just really good for us. We have a beautiful selection of trees and flowers. And so, um, trees, flowers, and birds. So those actually do really well then. Um, but uh, you know, it's really it's really every occasion that you can think of. And do you do much along the lines of humor? We haven't done much humor yet, and I know that's a really big category in greeting cards. To date, we've really focused a lot more on the art, but there are. We're kind of slowly starting to explore a couple more concepts in that area. And and as we talk about these cards and we kind of go through your catalog of things you have, what's your personal favorite? My favorite design is the Hedgehogs in Love. Um, it's, it's just a really cute design with a big mushroom and a little hedgehog playing a lute. And then there's a hedgehog sitting on top of the mushroom with little hearts coming out of it. It's just a really, really cute scene. I love that one. But of course, there's also just you know some stunning new designs like so the surreal deer um, for for holiday this year is just an unbelievable work of art with the intricacy and the antlers and um, it's just amazing. So I, I pretty much have a, a new favorite every season. Now, is it possible for people to get custom designs done through your platform? Uh, we do uh, do custom designs and we have a couple different ways in which we do the custom designs and depending on what people's needs are, um, we'll work with that. Uh, we also, um, will often work on just customizing the message that goes into our cards. So we do that with a lot of our corporate customers. 
So when you look at this category, what, what was the last big innovation in greeting cards? The last big innovation was really sound cards. Um, and those were really big, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And before that, really, I would say the invention of the rack and the business model. And by rack, I mean um, literally the card rack that you find in the drugstore is just uh, was really the big invention that created this industry. Yeah, it's interesting with greeting cards for a long time. I would just buy them at the store when I needed them. And then at some point, and I'm curious about what the buyer behavior is, I decided that I would just pick up a bunch. I have five kids and I have a bunch of relatives and friends, and it seems like somebody's always having a birthday or an anniversary or something. So I actually have a file folder where I have purchased in advance probably 50, 60 cards that I just pick from when I need to send them out. Is that pretty unusual behavior or do a lot of people do that type of thing? Yeah, we believe it's around 30% of the market that's in your, um, in your situation, and we call, we call that the stocker upper. Oh, um, that's better than saying hoarder, so I just want to thank you for that. <laughs> the stocker no, upper. The stocker upper. Um, so I think you're, you're with about 30% of the population, and then the other 70% is the last-minute last minute buyer. I think my biggest nightmare is sending the same card to somebody two years in a row because I've forgotten what I sent the year before. Ah, that's what's, that's what's uh, really nice about um, the direct send feature that we have. You can actually just see kind of what, what cards you sent in the past. Oh, then you know. So 30%, is it 30% by volume or 30% by customer? Uh, we, we believe it's 30% by customer. Wow. So that's, uh, that must mean that you have, that must be a pretty important category for you then people that come in and do that. Do you, do you try to design your user flow or anything to encourage people to buy multiple cards on a visit? Yeah. So one of the, one of the things we've been doing for a long time, which is, which is, which is very effective and, um, just a really great perk for our, for, for our customers that like to buy more, more at once is a five for 50 deal. So typically our cards are $13, and if you buy five of them at once, they're only $10 each. And so um, that's been a huge hit and a really big success. And the other thing that we do that's uh, kind of similar is uh, packs and bundles on the site. And so we kind of curate selections of cards for different purposes, and um, whether that's a holiday seven-pack or 12 days of Christmas is our uh, number one selling product when we get into to Christmas time, um, we we offer those at a as, at a discount to just encourage people to become stocker uppers. Yeah, it's funny the stocker upper category could be a really good one for you. Uh, one of the things that I've seen some, from some Wharton marketing research is when they've worked with re- retailers like Costco and others, they find that when people buy more of something, they even controlled for the fact they were people that were stocker uppers, they tend to consume more of it and they come back more frequently because you have all these cards and you feel like you actually need to use these cards and send them to somebody. So it sounds like it's a great strategy. You're, you're focusing on this five for 50. So we've got just a, a, a few minutes here. Where do you plan to go with love pop? Is there any major initiative you have uh, just to summarize in the next minute? Sure. So, our mission is to create 1 billion magical moments. We just crested 15 million 
So we have um, a large future ahead of us. Two main things that we're focused on are new channels. So we've been rolling out our retail stores, and those are seeing industry-leading sales numbers. I mean, we're in a lot of our new locations. We're $5,000 a square foot, which is, you know, Apple-like. Um, and we just uh, launched a test with Kohl's where we're doing extremely well in 59 of their locations. And so we're, we're going to continue expanding that. And then we're building new products. So uh, you, we talked a little bit about the licensed cards. So those are really fun, and we're doing more of that. Also coming out with a uh, brand-new paper flower bouquet for Valentine's Day. That's going to be really fun. And another mystery product, a secret product, coming out on January 13th. So we have a bunch of new products in the works, and that's another really exciting part of just being a creative company. Great. Well, Wambi, this has been a, a fantastic segment. Thanks for joining me. And I will say, I'll put in my plug for I can't wait to buy my Love Pop Baby Yoda card. So thanks for joining us today. Where can people go to keep up with you in particular and also with Love Pop? Yep. You can check us out on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Love Pop, at Love Pop Cards, and of course at lovepop.com. Great. Wambi. Thanks again. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 